0: With the 8th pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Dyson Daniels from Bendigo, Australia, the NBA Global Academy in Australia, and the NBA G League's team. Yeah, NBA Strayer How are you going? How are you going? It's NBA Strayer, It's Friday. TGIF, am I right? Just a nice fuck it Friday for you. It's June 24 and it's draft day. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Boring, doo-doo. Love it. That's right. It's the offseason, but we had the NBA draft today, aka Jimmy's favorite or second favorite day of the uh, NBA year. He's not entirely sure. But I've had myself a great time. So, that's so what we're going to talk about today, isn't it? We're going to wrap up the entire draft for you. We've got draft winners and losers, and we've got five unanswered questions. Uh, we'll see how King Jimmy's best draft bets hit, and uh, that'll be it. So, quick, nice, fun show to finish off the week for you to wrap up. A really weird, wonky, kind of fun, kind of awesome draft, because we got two Aussies drafted! Woo! Love it. Dyson Daniels, Luke Travers, let's get into it. Going to talk it all out. Talk through all the teams, all the picks. Episode 839 of NBA Australia. We'll finish off with a uh, classic cooking with Bainsey as well for you. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, oh, you better or the undrafted attack if you're Sharif O'Neill, uh, who's now going to go play summer league with the Lakers, apparently. So Shaq though, like, you did it do um, They shouldn't have ended the draft order. At all and you're not going to get drafted. And guess what? His dad was right. So, yeah. Watch out for your dad attack if you're Sharif O'Neil. <laughs> Better watch out for these Bloody Mary's attacks as well. I'm having a great day. Mm ah. going to finish up this bloody espace. <coughs> so you might have seen our streams uh, throughout the draft. That was great fun. I enjoyed jumping on just hanging out during the uh, draft because, to be honest, the draft really is one of my favorite days in the NBA. Always has been. Uh, especially since we've really been able to watch it live uh, in full. And I mean, I sort, sort of told a couple of stories on the streams about, you know, going to the actual drafts, which was fucking amazing fun. Uh, but it is really actually easier to follow at home because when you're there, uh, the internet sucks at Barclays. The drafts and shit don't get, uh, the draft trades and everything don't get announced while you're sitting there, obviously, for the most part. So, due to it getting, you know, up on the stage in a specific hat. Then it turns around like a day later. You're like, oh, fuck, that was completely wrong, and you had no idea. So (laughs) it's pretty cool. So it was fun doing the live streams. Um, We'll continue doing those whenever we need to. Good stuff. Right, before we get into the draft wrap, let's get into uh, the way we start every show here in NBA Australia, the Daily Whip Round. bit of news, bit of chaos before the draft today with Kyrie and KD. It's a strange situation because it was just like a bit of a bummer (laughs) because... All the news was sort of breaking. Breaking. I use inverted commas for that. It's like, yeah, he's got a Kyrie. If he doesn't reach a uh, sort of an agreement about, you know, a contract with Brooklyn, then he's got a list. He's got a list. Look at this list I've got here that I want you to trade me to. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Mavs, and the Sixers. None of them can sign him. So I love it. It's like, oh, this is my list that I need you to trade me to. And the Nets are like, how about you eat a bag of dicks, you little fuckhead. <laughs> You've held us over a barrel for two fucking years. How about you go blow it out your ass? That would be my approach. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie and the Nets, who knows what's going to happen. And then, of course, then comes the whammy of Kevin Durant monitoring the Nets situation, considering his options with the future. It does open the uh, path for Kyrie Irving to proceed on finding a new home buying an opt-in and then a trade. And KD hasn't told the Nets that he wants to trade if Kyrie leaves, but it seems like he's got kind of like, God, jeez, it might be a bit of fact if Kyrie bounces. Like, I don't know. Kevin, how about you have a fucking chat with your mate, tell him to pull his head in and fucking play some basketball. <laughs> it's not difficult. <sighs> anyway, what a world. Kyrie, oh, I just want to go somewhere I'm respected. Well, how about you, I don't know. Don't play like shit. Actually show up for your team and maybe you'll get some respect. Steve Clifford. His name has popped back up for Charlotte, which is pretty funny. You might remember he has coached them already. Got shit canned and uh, might be back. I still reckon they should just hire Mike D'Antonio. I thought it was pretty funny that Charlotte go into this draft. Two picks, 13 and 15, and uh, no coach. (laughs) So Good stuff. Some trades. We did get a uh, couple of trades there. We also saw the uh, Lakers buy into the second round before the draft. And uh, the trades that sort of came out of the actual draft itself. Some tricky ones, right? So we saw the Sixers trade number 23 and Danny Green for uh, DeAnthony Melton. Kind of like that. Uh, you saw Houston and Minnesota do a bit of a switcheroo. Minnesota sent Houston 29 and two future seconds for uh, number 26. Wendell Moore, which I kind of enjoyed. And, uh... I don't know, Memphis traded up to 19 in exchange for 22 and uh, 29. Just a bit of consolidation there for Memphis, kind of like that. And then, of course, there was just the uh, the big head scratcher of the day. There were no trades 1 through 10. We were actually mentioning this on the live stream. It's like, hey, it's been a bit weird. No one's, no one's traded up or down or sideways or anything. And then out of the blue, Cubs... Oh my god! It's the New York Knicks music. Ah, and they just go running out of the fucking stands with their chair and start whacking everybody over the top of the head, and nobody has any clue what the fuck they're doing, zero. So they've sent number eleven. Seemingly, it's somehow number eleven, Jalen Duran, has been picked. You're like, okay, he's been picked at number thirteen. After Usman Deng has been picked at eleven. The Knicks are like, we are picked dang. and everyone's like, that's weird. He gets the, you know, the usual Knicks booze. and then it's like, wait, eleven is going. Wait, Duran is going to the Knicks, but no, he's going to, he's going to Detroit. What's happening with eleven? Oh, that's going to OKC. What's happening? <laughs> it's absolutely chaos. So, it seems like the Knicks initially sent pick number eleven to OKC, Usman Deng. Then, the picks that the uh, Knicks got from OKC were a 2023 protected first from Detroit, a 2023 protected first from Washington, and a 2023 protected first from Denver. All protected. Top 18 for the Detroit pick, top 14 for Washington and Denver picks. Then, they send... uh, Basically, so Deng goes off to OKC. Then, they somehow pick up 13 for a bunch of, uh, you know, another pick that they've sent to Charlotte. So they've sent the 2023 Denver pick and four seconds to Charlotte for the 13th pick. And you're like, oh, okay. So they've popped back in. They've got the 13th pick. Ah, oh, shit, they've sent the 13th pick in Kemba to Detroit for a 2025 Milwaukee first and the remaining, uh, so non Was that They sent the Denver one off. So they've got the Detroit and Washington ones left as well as the future first in 2025. So they've traded 11, Kemba, four seconds and have three future firsts that are all pretty low down in the uh, likelihood of conveying or being any good sort of marks. So guess who's going to pop up on the draft losers list? I'm just saying. But anyway, wrapping our heads all around that, that was in the middle of the day. How did we start off the 2022 NBA Draft? Draft, draft, draft. Should we do it? Let's take a quick break, and then we will wrap the entire 2022 NBA Draft right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Alright, let's do it. So, we head into this draft with, uh, as we talked about on yesterday's show, the betting odds, uh, which are always like a weird indicator, right? Because the odds have shortened dramatically for Palo Bancaro to go number one. Uh, He's shortened substantially. And when that happens, you're like, oh shit, something's happened. Someone knows something. And lo and behold, the Orlando Magic on the clock. They take Paolo Bancaro, number one. This is after literally months of Jabari Smith uh, talk of being number one and number one, two, three, actually being tweeted out last night by Woj that Jabari, Chet, and Paolo was essentially where it was all going to go. And then, of course, an hour before the draft, Woj's like, oh, actually, it looks like Paolo might be the pick. (laughs) It's like, yeah, no shit, Woj. That's why the smart ones amongst us are going, hmm, it's probably worth a bit of uh, bit of Paolo money there to see how he goes. So Paolo goes to Orlando. Orlando get their sort of do-everything potential superstar. A big wing. Can put it on the floor. Can shoot. Can do a bit of everything. Kind of like it. A bit exciting. And then, I guess, you go, well, if Jabari doesn't go number one, he's, he's going to go number two. Nope. OKC, get there, man, Chet Holmgren, a.k.a. The Skin Rat, a.k.a. Stretched Out Tyler Hero. Kind of love it because we all know that the fit for Chet in OKC is just Mwah, kissing fingers emoji. You've got Josh Giddy, you've got the show ready, Alexander, you've got a bunch of wings. Off you go. Love Chet in OKC. He's got the sort of perfect game. Inside, outside, defensive sort of dude. Yes, he's skinny, but guess what? He's probably not going to be skinny his entire life. Just saying. He'll probably bulk up. (laughs) And there's, ah, but he's a bit older than the other guys, yeah. So, guess what? It means he'll be good. He'll be fine. Jabari Smith goes three to Houston. I had a bit of a giggle about this because uh, Jabari Smith in Auburn. They're like, oh, geez, he had a bit of a rough time sort of showcasing his skills because he had guards who never passed him the ball. And then the poor bugger lands in Houston <laughs> with Jalen Green and the uh, soup thrower, the soup Nazi himself, KPJ. Uh, but Jabari, look, I think we we're asked during this stream whether or not Jabari is likely to be a bust. And uh, my thought was like 100% no chance because he can shoot the fucking shit out of it. Not a great interior scorer, obviously. Defensively, though, his speed, his quickness, pretty gnarly. And his shooting stroke, though, is like almost that sort of slight guarantee that he won't be just in a a huge bust. And the fact that he goes number three rather than number one, I mean, you can't really call a number three pick if he can just shoot the shit out of it for the rest of his career, like a bust bust. If he goes number one, the expectations are a little bit different. But Jabari, number three to Houston. Love it. Four, Sacramento. They take Keegan Murray. forward out of Iowa, he's just NBA ready. He's NBA ready. He was shit last year. Now he's really good. Off we go. He's also the most boring motherfucker out there. He's got just one of those, a really boring voice. And this is how I talk. That's how it goes. Uh, This is all the tambour I can imagine. Just how it goes. And you're like, well, great job, Sacramento. They've very clearly chosen that for somebody else and they're going to try. Oh, no, Sacramento are going to keep him. Oh, boy. Classic Sacramento. They've taken the most Sacramento power forward, a.k.a. the Jason Thompson corollary, right there. Great job, you idiots. Were they scared off by from Jaden Ivey specifically because they'd already taken, what, four-point cards? Was it, would this be four-point cards in a row? Yeah, maybe not an ideal idea, but whatever. Sacramento take Kagan Murray to put next to Darren Fox and your man. The Suvlaki King, Demarta Sabonis, and Harrison Barnes, Black Falcon, Buddy Hield Co. This is the exact sort of thing where you go, well, you're drafting for fit. You're drafting for need rather than for talent. And when you're doing that, you've done fucked up from the very get go. Number five, Detroit basketball. Jaden Ivey falls in their laps. What a huge result this is for Detroit. They don't have to do anything there. They don't have to trade up. Jaden Ivy falls to them to pair with Kay Cunningham. Skadoosh. That's an awesome, funky, weird, cool, athletic, passy, shooty, <laughs> different, styly backcourt that I fucking love. As I pointed out in the live stream, who was Detroit's second best guard next to Kay Cunningham? The answer was like Corey Joseph. <laughs> With all due respect to Corey Joseph, fuck Corey Joseph. <laughs> Seriously. Then they had, you know, uh, the other vibe that they had was Killian Hayes. You're like, well, that's fine. He's still figuring his shit out. But at the same time, Jaden Ivy already is better than Killian Hayes. Like, let's get that one fucking straight. And Jaden Ivey gets drafted in tears the entire time. You love to see it with his mum. She smashed it. Uh, but I love that. Great job by Detroit. Indy at number six. They take Benny Matherin. Pretty handy scoring wing. Uh, kind of exactly what Indy need with Tyrese Halliburton, with Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I mean, we all know that TJ Bubble MJ Warren isn't long for Indy. So, Benny Matherin, look. Six always felt like exactly the spot that he'd be sort of at. You know, anywhere between five and eight was a good Benedict Matherin sort of spot. Six to Indy. We'll see how he goes. It felt like the uh, safest pick for Indy there. Unless it was going to be Dyson Daniels and Benny Matherin goes. So, kind of like it. His game's just a bit weird, though. Just so weirdly inconsistent. So, we'll see what Indy can do with him. Then seven, and Throw a bit of a curveball in there, but not if you uh, were listening to my mock draft yesterday. Shade and Sharp. He lands there. Nailed that pick. And uh, Shaden Sharp, the dude who didn't play last year. So there's not much tape on him, but incredible workouts. This is a swing for the fences kind of move by Portland. We all know that. You've got Dame. You've got Anthony Simons. You've just pulled off the Jeremy Grant. Jeremiah Grant trade. You've got Nurk. This is your reloading Vi for Portland. You get Shaden Sharp. It's a bit of a, uh, you know, we'll project. We'll see how he goes. Put him next to Simons, put him next to Dame. If, if, if he works out, that could be a uh, masterstroke. But, I don't know, Portland do uh, enjoy picking in that seven spot, don't they? Dame, yeah. Uh, Dyson Daniels goes eight. You little beauty, the Aussie Bendigo's favorite son, a.k.a. Shelbyville. Uh, Dyson Daniels, I love it. Absolutely love it. I loved the fit yesterday when I mocked him there as well. I love it even more now. He's next to C.J. McCollum. Next to Spindles Ingram. To the big train himself, Zion. I love it. Uh, but Dyson as well. Just specifically, you think about his defense. Next to Herb Jones. Next to Jose Alvarado. beside C.J. McCollum. Just such a good fit. As long as that shot keeps working, we're all good. Great job, Dyson. Love the pick by the Pals. Uh, Jeremy Sochan goes to the Spurs. Uh, love that one. He's like the Spurs, like if it wasn't going to be Usman Deng, it was going to be Sohan, and uh, he goes there. As I mentioned on the stream, uh, he looks like the 1995 Dennis Rodman card that you got in seemingly every pack of 95 Fleer. Enjoyed that. But Sohan is uh, kind of the do-everything dude. The Spurs can put their shooting coaches to uh, work their magic on him. Off they go. Just kind of like him defensively. And they've actually seemingly now got a proper power forward. Good job. Uh, The Wizards take Johnny Davis, the most wizardy wizard who's never wizarded until he wizards now. Johnny Davis, he's a bucket. He's got a bit of dog in him too. Kind of like Johnny Davis, especially on the Wizards. Then we obviously get funky with New York. New York, the Knickerbockers of New York City, they take Usman Dang. But do they? No, they don't. Because he goes to OKC. Which is pretty, pretty cool. Because then OKC are picking at 12. The Knicks, everyone's like... That doesn't make much sense. You know, that's a. Like, Deng's got some uh, pretty high upside. We all understand that. But he's not ready to go right now for a team that should be pushing as hard as they possibly can to sort of get that mix of their veterans and young dudes right now. Deng's probably not that part of the uh, equation. You know, unless it was going to be one of the big dudes that they picked, but they didn't. So, great job, (laughs) Nick's. Hilarious. Anyway, OKC end up with Deng. Love that. We'll talk about that in Winners and Losers. Then they take Jalen Williams. N. Jalen Williams. Lengthy wing. Love him too. Uh, I really enjoyed that one-two punch for OKC. Uzme Deng, the project big man. Jalen Williams, the lengthy wing dude. Great stuff. Uh, Number 13. This is the pick that ends up in Detroit after being rerouted about seemingly three different times. Jalen Duran. Great spot for Detroit. Love that for them. Also, felt like it was a good pick for Charlotte. Um, I think I said on the stream, should have taken Mark Williams. Guess what they did two picks later? Uh, Ocha Ag- Agbaji, he's awesome. He goes to Cleveland. Oh, yes. Cleveland! Love that for them. Just a real, look, a solid wing. Just go out there and get it, Agbaji, for Cleveland. Mark Williams goes 15 to Charlotte. The big man out of Duke just down the road. Off he goes. Stays in North Carolina. Uh, fills a need automatically and straight away for the Hornets. Atlanta take A.J. Griffin. That's uh, a wing that they desperately needed as well. A fun sort of big wing. Atlanta need a few more of those now. Uh, Tari Easton goes 17 to Houston. I actually had him 26 to Houston in yesterday's mock Uh Didn't think someone would sort of jump on him that early, but Houston obviously liked him. Thought that was a good fit. Obviously yesterday, boom, he goes 17. Sort of a big wing dude who can, uh, big forward, who can sort of power through people. Doesn't have a giant amount of offensive touch, but he'll be right. Uh, Dale and Terry goes 18 to Chicago. There's a uh, dude who knits it all together for the Bulls. Big wing as well. Uh, He'll help them. Jake LaRavia goes to Memphis at 19. That was the originally the Minnesota pick. That's part of a trade. Jake LaRavia. Look, Memphis, they've already got, I feel like, three dudes exactly like him, but why not add another one? Talent acquisition mode, in it? Talent acquisition mode. Malachi Branham goes to the Spurs at 20. A great little, uh, well, not a little, but good shooting guard wing. Look, the Spurs sort of just need dudes who can get buckets as well. That isn't like, you know, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, as they sort of continue to develop. Malachi Branham does that. Christian Braun on Denver, 21. Sure. (laughs) Fun pick. Walker Kessler goes 22 to Minnesota. The big man. Shot blocker. I think he's as old as Anthony Edwards, which is hilarious. Uh, David Roddy, Memphis. uh, That's the 23 pick from Philly as part of the DeAnthony Melton trade. Uh, David Roddy, a bit of an interesting one because I feel like that was sort of the... uh, One of the ones where you're like, eh, okay. Well, David Roddy, that seems like an okay pick in a vacuum. Uh, But ostensibly, if you're Memphis, again, all right, it's a 6'5 sort of dude. He can do a bit of a, I don't know, he's like a sleeper. He might be fine, I guess. I don't know, it's a bit tricky. bit tricky for me. Just know about the Roddy one. Marjan Beauchamp goes 24 to Milwaukee. Yeah, that's great. He's in tears. He was in tears just getting introed. The poor bloke was almost quitting basketball like a year ago. Now he's the 24 pick. Uh, wildly athletic. He was a G League dude. G League Ignite teammate of our man Dyson Daniels. Great stuff, Marjan Beauchamp. Uh, feels a need already for Milwaukee. He just needs a little, that little bit more athleticism. Got too many white guys. Uh, San Antonio, they take Blake Wesley, 25, 26. Wendell More that goes to Minnesota as that part of that Houston trade. Uh, really like that one from Minnesota. Nikola Jovich, hilarious. Miami, that's right. Miami took the dude named Nikola Jovich. Markeith Morris is going to bash him. Patrick Baldwin Jr. goes to Golden State at 20, 28. He was the much-touted, highly-touted uh, high school kid comes in goes play goes to play for his dad at milwaukee and uh that went badly he was not good but now he gets to go to the warriors that's awesome tights washington goes 29 to houston love that for houston and peyton watson ends up 30 at denver now in the second round obviously the look the second round was just a uh, topsy-turvy tradey outy, wild wild display um Someone's ones that sort of stuck out. We'll go through it all. Andrew Nemha goes to the Pacers at 31. 32, Caleb Houston to Orlando. Toronto take Christian Colico. 33, the big man from Arizona. Jay Lynn Williams. Another OKC pick there in number 34. Uh, the Lakers take Max Christie at 35. Everyone's losing their minds. Uh, and then like a bunch of basically, essentially, heaps of these teams actually change. So we it'll probably be a little bit easier for us to go through it uh, next week in the second round once all the uh, draft kerfuffle is settled. But 36, Gabriel Prokita. 37, Jaden Hardy, uh, the G League guy. He ends up on Dallas at uh, 37. Kennedy Chandler, so this and this is where it is, right? Like Kennedy Chandler, he's on Memphis, but it was a Spurs pick at 38. Uh, pretty handy guard there. Khalifa Diop, 39. Uh to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe. We don't know where that one ended up, though. 40, Bryce McGowan's. EJ Little at 41. Love that one for the Pals. Trevor Keels for the Knicks at 42. Musa Diabate uh, to the Clips at 43. Ryan Rollins at 44. Josh Minot at 45. Ismail Kamigate Cam- uh, at 46. Vince Williams Jr., 47. 48, Kendall Brown. Isaiah Mobley at 49 because the Cavs are just. 100% like Pokemon with the He's Got to catch them all. Uh, Matteo uh at 50, 51. Tyrese Martin, 52. Carlo Madovic. JD Davison to the Celtics at 53. Oh, he's the most athletic dude of the draft. Can't shoot. Can't do anything else, though. All right, cool. <laughs> Good job, Boston. Uh, JD Davison, that's fun. Uh, Yannick Nosa. he's at 54. 55, Gui Santos. And then, of course, at 50. Bloody six. The flying doormat himself. The Perth Wildcats, Luke Travers, to Cleveland. Cleveland. You little beauty. Jabari Walker goes 57 to the Portland Trailblazers. And then Hugo Besson. That's right. Hugo Basson. Hugo Luke Besson from the New Zealand Breakers goes 58 to the Pacers. And that was the entirety of the draft. We had... A lot of tears, a lot of thanking God. Some great suits. Paolo's suit was a bit interesting. Uh, Chet Holmgren, as I said, looked like a uh, kid whose dad rolled into high school to beat up the PE teacher. You know, he's that kind of looking dude. Uh, But otherwise, lots of good suits. I reckon Dyson Daniels might have had one of the best suits out there. He owned it. Looked like he'd worn it, you know, worn it around, felt pretty comfortable in it, whereas the other folks just, you know, Sometimes you just look like a dress horse, you know? But either way, it was great. Enjoyed it. Some great picks in there. Love that Travers goes 56 to the uh, Cavs. You can get some uh, tips on Cleveland, Cleveland from Dally and Dante and Co. And that'll be pretty great. But the second round, I mean, there's a couple of like little ones in there. EJ Liddell, Bryce McGowans, Jaden Hardy, obviously. Uh, Christian Colico, liked him. Uh, Mobley, obviously going to the Cavs. J.D. Davison's going to be interesting, so uh, yeah, let's do some uh, winners and losers, and then we'll do five unanswered questions, then we'll get the fuck out of here, but either way, I think Adam Silver, Nosferatu looking motherfucker, just he gets weirder looking every year. Out there, did a great job, the Barclays crowd was onto it. The strangest part, though, for me, is how ESPN, we're a broadcast partner with the NBA. We've basically got Woj on Twitter tipping all the picks before we're talking about them on the broadcast. This year it felt like they gave him a lot more leeway to literally just start spoiling picks before they're being announced and all that sort of shit. At the same time, why do we not have an ESPN2 show where it's literally just like me sitting there just yelling about shit that's happening? Like, it doesn't have to be me, obviously, but they need someone like that just yelling with another person About what's happening on Twitter, what's being spoiled, all the drafts, all the draft day trades and shit that are happening as well. Like, you're following your ass most of the time if you're actually at the draft. And obviously, on the broadcast, they don't have any idea what's going on either. So, apart from Woj, who's like desperately checking his phone and trying to beat Shams. So, I don't know why they don't have an alternate broadcast of the actual draft where somebody's just trying to make sense of all the information that's out there rather than the draft day broadcast from the actual draft where they're kind of just breaking down shit that happened like 45 minutes ago. <laughs> like, it's fucking strange. So, Anyway, with all that in mind, let's do some draft winners and losers right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kadee. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and, you and, and you're listening to NBA and you're Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. To MBA Australia. <laughs> oh, my God. I won! I won! I won. <laughs> <laughs> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is... Me Kent Brockman, and I got a shot of me. There you go, love it. Draft winners and losers. This is all very first blush sort of stuff, and there's still sort of those second rounders to uh you know sort through and everything. But obviously, right off the bat, winners OKC. Uh, four picks in the top 34, and I kind of loved it all. Right, end up with your franchise centerpiece in Chet Holmgren. You get the project, do everything, other big man that conceivably very easily play next to Chet, Us- Usman Deng. When you've already got Poku, when you've already got some other young big dudes, uh, you get Usmane in there, you get him into your system, you develop him, it's exactly where he needed to go rather than the fucking Knicks. And uh, kind of love it. Then they get their long, 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 long wing of Jalen Williams, which when you think about who they've already got, shy, Dort, Gids, like suddenly they're just big, they're kind of long, and you're like, holy shit. It is not going to be fun to play against OKC, I think, in the future. And Then they've got their other project big man in the other, Jalen Williams, who has some uh, sort of stash vibes about him. But I think the biggest thing for OKC to come out of this, they get Chet to put next to Shy, to put next to Gids, and away you go, right? They've got a foundation. And now with Dang and Jalen Williams, with all the other first-rounders coming their way in the future, Like, to get Jalen Williams, to get Denk, they've also got other options in-house already. And I love where their picks landed. I love who they got with them. To get pick number 2, pick number 11, and pick number 12 and sort of give up a bunch of those weird, fucky, protected 1 through 14, 1 through 18, 1 through 14 picks just to end up with pick number 11 out of nowhere. That's pretty awesome. Like, those will eventually sort of, you know kick off to New York or Detroit or whoever ends up with those picks, but OKC aren't going to kick themselves, so kind of handy. Kind of love it. Great stuff by OKC. Then the other really big winner for me, uh, two massive winners for me, OKC and Detroit. Detroit! Whoa! Jaden Ivey drops in the lap for pick number five. Amazing. That's why you don't panic if you're picking after Sacramento. (laughs) Ever. Never panic if you're picking after Sacramento because they will 100% do something fucking stupid like pick Keegan Murray over Jaden and Ivey. And here we are. Then they snag number 13, Jalen Duran, what, for taking on Kemba Walker's salary and giving up that protected uh, Milwaukee first in 2025 that they got in the Jeremy Grant trade. So literally they turned Jeremy Grant not into a late first rounder. They turned him into pick number 13 and Kemba Walker, who apparently they're going to buy out. But at the same time, to get pick number 13, and specifically Jalen Duran, just a big dude who can do a little bit of something-something on the inside. I absolutely fucking love it. It's so good. It feels like such a great sort of... um, I don't know, to put put those guys with uh, Cade Cunningham with Big Dick Bay, it just feels like you're building something there. You've already got Marvin Bagley as well, if you want to keep him. You've got Hamadou Diallo, but Cade, Jaden Ivy, Big Deke Bay, Beef Stew, Jalen Duran. Detroit have built something. I love it. They've done a great job in building it too. Filling in gaps and just sort of putting together a really talented squad, but they've just got, to use an AFL term, they've got a good spine there now. Jaden Ivy, Cade Cunningham, Big Deke Bay, and Jalen Duran. Great draft. Uh, Orlando and Houston. They're winners because both teams got dudes. You know? You can't say they're losers because Orlando got Paolo Banquero at number one. That's great. Paolo might be a superstar. This is kind of the weirdest part, though, of all of this. So Paolo, Chet, Jabari, all three of them have crazy high upside. We know that but by no fucking means are any of them actually like guaranteed <laughs> like legit superstars whereas Paolo in my brain has always been like the one guy who could very easily pop more so than the other two so for Orlando just to go fuck it we'll take him number 1 kind of smart and for Houston just to get Jabari in the end it feels like this one might work out like you do wonder about like what would the highest ceiling of a team with Paolo and Jalen Green have versus a team with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, you know? Jabari out there on the perimeter, mixing it up on defense next to Shangoon, next to Jalen Green. Like, it works out no matter what. So Houston at number three, they're always going to be fine. And they walk away, both of them, Orlando and Houston as winners, uh, because they don't have quite the depth of a uh, draft that OKC do. They don't stand out quite as just huge winners. But, I mean, Orlando might have gotten the superstar that just knits all their dudes together in Palo. It feels like he might be that sort of guy. And Houston, Jabari might be just like a massive, massive star that they have next to Jalen Green, who who knows how much of a leap he can take next year, but they've got some uh, nice pieces. You kind of love it. San Antonio, winners as well. They get Sohan, I love him. Uh, Malico Branham, Blake Wesley, filling in some gaps there in San Antonio, just adding the talent to that squad that already has like a fair amount of dudes on it. So just fingers crossed that uh, Rock 'em, Sock 'em, Block 'em, Jock 'em, Landau stays there. Sixers. Oh, but Jimmy, they traded the number 23. Daryl Morey just doesn't like drafting. True. But getting to Anthony Melton for number 23 is fucking good. De Anthony Melton's good. Every time he was given a chance when Dylan Brooks is out this year from Memphis, he fucking kicked ass. The thing is, like, I mean, yeah, you get an established wing shooter and a bit of a playmaker. He's pretty fun. Next to James Harden, awesome. At the same time, has that tendency to be just that little bit streaky, but shit, put him in a really good spot next to Embiid and Harden. I kind of love that fit. So, yeah, as streaky as he might be. Maybe that's just because he's in Memphis and having to create a lot. So, anyway, Minnesota. uh, This one was a weird one because I initially sort of went Minnesota – I feel good about that. And then you think about their draft and who they eventually ended up with. And you're like, hang on a second. Who did they really get? Because they end up with Wendell Moore and Walker Kessler. And just like, if you leave it at that, I'm feeling pretty good about it. You know? You're like, okay. You've done well. So, the tricky part is, it's like, who else did they really get? Because... It's sort of up and down with uh, all the actual picks (laughs) and the drafts. So they went in with pick 19, 40, 48, and 50. And then I feel like they walk out with like, what, 22 and 29. They trade 29 for 26. So they end up with 22 and 26. It's nice. It's just a good win of a night, I think, for Minnesota. And I feel like they traded Bryce McGowan to Charlotte, which I don't know if I like that. But anyway, not a bad night for Minnesota. We'll talk about that probably next week. Who else had a really good one in terms of teams? I think uh, there was one more team that I liked their draft. I uh, didn't mind the Chicago pick of Dalen and Terry, and I didn't mind the Bucks. So there's two more standing. That's right, there's two more standalone. So Dalen Terry at eighteen feels good, and Marjane Bullchamp for the uh, Buckaroos feels pretty cool. Love that. Just feel, talk about filling needs with uh, some pretty good talent there, Minnesota. That's what they just sort of did as well, right? They filled in some of those gaps. But a couple more big winners for me: Neil Ivy, she was cool as fuck. Jade and Ivy was a mess, in tears, and she's just cool as a fucking cucumber. Your mum sitting there just going, "It's all right, yeah, I am fucking stoked for him. This is great. He just got drafted. Yeah, he's crying. Yeah, he needs some tissues. He's overcome with emotion." He's a kid. And she's just cool as fuck. Shit. Loved it. And then the last two. The Pelicans. The Pelicans! Be a Pelican, not a Pelican't. First they get the vacuum Dyson Daniels, a.k.a. Crocodile DD, a.k.a. Dyson Air. Um, Then they snagged EJ Little in the second round. Really, really like that. The Pals just adding talent to an already talented team. And, of course... These last two ones. Dyson fucking Daniels is a uh, draft winner because he goes number eight. Great landing spot for him as well. No pressure. Good environment to learn next to CJ. Combine that defense as well with Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones. That's horrifying if you're playing against the Pals. They're already good. You add Zion to that. You add Dyson Daniels to that. Watch the fuck out. He could be what... If he keeps working on his shot, he's got a legit chance to be a difference maker. And... You do get the feeling that Dyson Daniels could be what they envisioned Lonzo would be for them, right? Big-bodied guard who can play make, play some defense, and just fill in some gaps around Spindles, Ingram, and Zion, and away you go. So great job, Dyson Daniels. And the last one was obviously Luke Travis, the Wildcat, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland! Because what a great little combo. I, Cleveland already get... Um, Ogbadji, love him, and then they just go out and go get Luke Travers. What a bunch of legends! Great job. They also got the Mobleys. Got to catch them all, and also that's just a smart, you know, bit of smart business in making sure that uh, you've got all the Mobleys and you've got Evan Mobley happy. But Luke Travers, it'd be pretty fun if they uh, kept him in Perth and uh, made him. What is it? The next stars? Can you make him a next star if you're Perth? Because he's been drafted by the NBA. He's like, did he? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, but either way, I love it. I love that Luke has been picked up, put in the NBA system, at least here. And away we go. We did hear that he had some uh, pretty great workouts over there in the States. So great job by Luke Travers to get picked up by the Cavs. That's a huge win. It's a fucking huge win. All right. But with all that in mind, let's do some draft losers. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. 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 Um, how about Jabari Smith Jr.? Oh, but Jimmy, here we're in top three. Yep. Yeah, look, Blake's bloke's been told he's the number one pick for the better part of the last two months. Bang. <laughs> now he's in Houston with Jalen Green and the soup chucker. Nobody passing him the ball. He's wide open on the uh, on the three-point line, just arms in the air going, why is his prick never fucking passing me the ball? But at the same time, Jalen Green did show us a lot of uh, extra pop, some really nice passing sort of uh, vision in the second half of last season. So Jabari will probably be fine, but you feel like he's going to a team that has at least a little bit less Direction than maybe Orlando or OKC, and especially a lot less in the way of uh, point guards who are going to make him better. <laughs> and it feels like that's the exact situation he was just in in Auburn, so a bit of a tough one for Jabari, but he'll be right, especially for a bloke who looks like a uh, make my own player and you do nothing to it. You'll take the result. Ah, oh, the big ones, the big losers, Sacramento. Sacrifice. Fucking Mento. I mean, what was that? What was that? What the hell was that? They know they can trade down, right? (laughs) (laughs) There were so many teams absolutely champing at the bit to get that number four pick to go and take Jaden Ivey. And Sacramento just keep it and take fucking Keegan Murray. Look, Keegan Murray is fine. At the same time, you can probably get Keegan Murray at five or six, possibly seven. (laughs) Like, who knows how far he drops. I don't know. But you can probably test the waters there. This is such a kick in the dick for every remaining Kings fan, like all eight of them, because Kang's going to Kang's. But Jesus, Keegan Murray in a vacuum. Perfectly fine. And I'm sure he'll be serviceable next to the Suvlaki King and next to Darren Fox. They'll make him better. He'll fill in some gaps. But at number four, it's like, what are you doing, Sacramento? Like even the squid, he does a good, what are you doing? Because <laughs> he's his mum's kid. What are you doing, Dad? It's like, yeah, yeah, well played. What am I doing? Anyway, Sacramento, huge loss. Don't like it. Hate it. Markeith Morris, Jimmy... How's he a draft loser? Well, he his team, Miami, they picked Nikola Jovic. He heard that name and fucking gave himself whiplash looking over his shoulder. <laughs> he's got the PTSD to Markeith. Jesus. He's like, I'm going to fucking have to bash this guy at the first day of training camp. Speaking of which, there's a loser, Nikola Jovic. Hope he's got some big brothers. Jesus, or else he's going to walk into training camp and just get fucking slapped across the back of the head by Keith. He's going to make his life hell, isn't it? He? Mark Keith Morris is going to see Nikola Jovic and just go, "Oh, I just need to take out my anger on somebody." And guess what? It's you. <laughs> uh this is kind of like a tepid loser. I didn't really like what. Like flip side for Minnesota, I feel like Minnesota filled some pretty nice gaps there with Kessler and Ty-Type. Memphis. I mean, I feel like they got Kennedy Chandler late in the second round, but I didn't quite like the Roddy pick. Didn't like the Laravia pick. It was just it felt like a bit un- uninspiring for what was on the board. I don't know, just a bit of a strange one for me. Yeah. Anyway, because they trade, they consolidate their picks. They move up to nineteen to get Ravia. and you're like, all right. I feel like he would have been there at twenty-two, and <laughs> away we go. Like I would have liked. Brandon maybe even, but like you get Laravia, bigger body, dude. I feel like you've already got that guy. Anyway, whatever. Again, bit of a tepid one. Jaden Hardy feels like a bit of a uh, draft day loser. Super touted G League guy falls to 37. All the way to 37. He's there in the green room. Adam Silver looking like a proud dad when one of his G League guys gets fucking picked. Been sitting there forever. It's 37. He finally gets picked up. He's going to Dallas after a trade with Sacramento. And Hardy's now going to spend his time getting his ass kicked in practice by Josh Green. Because that's going to be a fascinating sort of battle to see if Hardy can make that Dallas roster. How it's going to work. If he spends some time in G League again, it'd be kind of ironic. But either way, to slip all the way to the first round for all the talk about, you know, Ah, uh, people aren't sold on him. People might, don't really like his attitude a bit. It's like, yeah, I can see why. But to go all the way to the second round, that's a bit of a loss. Uh have got a couple more. Musa Diabate. Okay, Moose Diabetes. Uh, sounds like a bit of the cause and the result. <laughs> ain't too much in the moose. You got that diabetes. Uh, but anyway, other losers. Um, I kind of didn't really like Watch, look, Charlotte kind of ended up as a middle ground for me. I kind of wish that Charlotte had just kind of kept 13 and 15. They ended up with Mark Williams. That's good. Could have also just had like AJ Griffin at 13. It was... Instead, they're sort of doing the weird fuck around where the Hornets get more future assets, but you could have also just had 13. I don't know. Now you're stuck with Kelly Ubro. But of course, the big loser, the New York City knickerbockers of New York City. I mean, they traded the 11th pick to OKC. OKC gave those three firsts to New York. All protected. All after 14 in 2023. They then traded the 13th pick. Oh, they then traded the 23 Denver pick they had. Four seconds to Charlotte to the for the 13th pick. So Charlotte is sitting there going, all right, cool, we've got a future one from Denver. Uh, we've got a bunch of seconds and we... Gave up one of our two firsts. Cool. All right. The Knicks then trade that 13th pick and Kemba to Detroit for Milwaukee's 2025 first rounder. And that's it. So really, you've traded pick number 11 for uh, three future firsts, which sounds good on paper, but those firsts are a 2025 Milwaukee pick, a 2023 Detroit pick that's top 18 protected. (laughs) Then there's also protected going on and on and on until 2027, where I think it turns into second rounders. Uh, A top 14 protected Washington pick as well. Essentially to just carve out some cap space so you can overpay Jalen Bronson. Great. Galaxy brain shit. Congratulations, Knickerbockers fans. I think he done got fucked again. But either way, it's a big draft day loser for me, the Knicks. Look. There might be more shit that sort of comes out in the wash, but that's where it sort of stands at the moment. They traded the 11th pick to OKC. They get those three protected back. They send the 23 Denver pick and four seconds to Charlotte for the 13th pick. They send 13 and Kemba to Detroit to get out of the Kemba money for the 2025 Milwaukee pick. So, cool. (laughs) You trade 11, Kemba, four seconds, and you got three future firsts of varying value. Unreal. Right. One last break, then we'll do some five unanswered questions and uh, we'll look at how Jimmy's best bets went and we'll go finish off for the week. Sound good? Right, good. Right after. Let's say this one. This is Mick Kay, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Right, let's do it. Five unanswered questions after all this. So, we also, yesterday, we had the five interesting trades I want to see. Aiton to Atlanta, D'Lo to Atlanta, and then him shifted off to New York. Go Bear to Chicago, Kyrie to LA, Russell and KD to OKC. Um, OKC blow it up and send it all to Brooklyn. (laughs) That obviously didn't happen. Send Kyrie to fucking Washington. But either way, the weirdest thing for me today was that um, nothing really happened with Indy and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, the Knicks sending 11 off for fuck all was a bit weird and the lack of actual sort of player movement outside of like Kemba and Danny Green was a bit of a head scratcher especially with free agency sort of throwing so many questions at us but either way five unanswered questions from the draft number one why were there so few trades at the top like considering it felt like everybody had very different draft boards and valued a lot of these players very differently I think the question is pretty easily answered by feeling that everyone who was drafting felt like they could just get their dudes. You know? That's where Charlotte was sort of sitting pretty with 13 and 15. It's like, we'll be fine getting one of these two big dudes, whether it be Duran, whether it be Mark Williams, They're not with Williams, uh, Dyson Daniels, like, that entire mid-lottery part, it just sort of flew by. Like, Johnny Davis goes to Washington, etc. He's like, yeah, we just got the guy that we kind of liked the most out of who was left. And uh, with so many weird, up-in-the-air questions still to be asked, I think, by free agency and whatnot, it seemed like teams weren't really, unless they were the Knicks, willing to sort of pull the trigger on some crazy shit. And then the Knicks very clearly got crazy by trading that 11. Um, But so few trades at the top. That's more about Sacramento overplaying their hand, I think, and being a bit weird about the number four pick and then taking Keegan Murray. If it was a team with half a fucking clue, that would have been traded. They would have moved down. They somehow still would have ended up with Keegan Murray, but King's going to Kings. Number two. Speaking of which, why the subterfuge for picking Paolo? Like if they loved him, why not put it out that they were going to take Chet? Or like just see if, uh, you know, what Houston were willing to give up. Or were they just trying to outmaneuver Houston the entire time and go, aha, maybe Houston will do something weird. And we'll fuck Houston over. Nope. They still took Paolo. That's kind of cool. Like, I still like the fit Paolo-wise, obviously, on Orlando. But it was kind of strange. Like, why this sort of thing where it felt like Jabari, 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 Paolo. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Bit of a weird one. I kind of like it, but, you know, well played Orlando, I guess. Uh, Number three, are the Spurs really going to keep all those young dudes? This was probably the biggest surprise to me that the Spurs then didn't trade like some of those later second are uh, those later first rounders for other stuff. So, but I guess they like their guys. I guess that's the answer to aspect of that question. But it was kind of weird. Uh, number four, how did the interviewer there at the draft screw up so many times with Dyson Daniels? Called his dad Ricky Robert, aka Ricky Bobby. Um, she confused footy for rugby. Like, we did have some questions in the uh, old tweet mentions. Like. How do Americans just, like, think that we all play rugby? And why is there touchstone rugby? (laughs) It's because, like, rugby's also played in the UK and America thinks that everything outside of America is weird and completely unfathomable and we might as well be fucking playing, like, hurling to them. When you say Aussie rules, they have no concept of it. They don't know the difference between Rugby Union and Rugby League, obviously. They've got no fucking clue. They barely understand that soccer's a thing. So that's how Americans roll. But seriously, do a little bit of research. He played AFL. Well, he played Aussie Rules. AFL's not the sport. That's the league. It's like he played NBA. No, it's basketball. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, do a little bit of research or just read his Wikipedia. Um, yeah, I don't know how he screwed that up. And lastly, should Knicks fans even care anymore? And should Leon Rose, like, why is Leon Rose never fronting the media about this sort of shit? Like, just lay out your plan for the Knicks fans. There's such a weird arrogance behind what the Knicks are doing. It's like, well, we're never going to front the media. And Leon Rose is like, yeah, cool, we kind of got a bit of a plan here. It's like, I don't know that you guys do. It seems a bit funky. It seems a bit weird. It seems like you're kind of making it up on the fly just so you can go and pay Jalen Brunson a lot of money. <laughs> or trade for... Russell Westbrook. Who knows what the fuck you're going to do. But either way, it's kind of funny. It's a bit weird. Last unanswered question. And this is a bit answered. Why was Jaden Ivey crying so much? Was it because he's been drafted to Detroit? Do you think? Nah. Come on. He was... I loved it. People go, oh, look at him crying. It's like, yeah, he's young. He's overcome with emotion. It happens. It's the happiest day of his fucking life. I loved his mum though. She was so staunch. But Jaden Ivey... March on Bo-Champ. Uh, like, March on bo Dude, yeah. You should be overcome by emotion. Like, you worked your entire life to get to there, and away you go. Let it out. Let it all out. Right. King Jimmy's best bets for the draft. Where do we land on some of these? Uh, we absolutely nailed a couple of them. So... Uh, I think we had Dyson Daniels over seven and a half. was one of our ones from a while back. That nailed. Dyson Daniels to go six exactly. God damn, that was close. Chet to go number one. Uh, that lengthened to 11. I think as I was saying, it was 750 yesterday. But either way, uh, that didn't hit, uh, obviously, because Chet went number two. But the one that was so close and it was wildly annoying was it yesterday we had Paolo, Chet, Jabari, Jaden. In that order, 11 to 1. And then Sacramento went and fucked it all up. <laughs> so, uh, the safety first, obviously, with Jabari, Chet, Paolo, Jaden. Didn't hit because uh, Jaden didn't go 4. And Jabari obviously didn't go 1. But the one that we uh, thought you know, was a bit of a hedge for Paolo going 1 should have hit, but Sacramento fucked it. So, a bit of a tough one. Uh, but we did nail a couple of the other ones Ocha Agbaji under 14 and a half. Cha-Ching and Socha, Sohan. Under 11 and a half, loved it. So a couple of nice ones in there. I came out like d- just above dead even. It was hilarious for all the shit that I put on there. Uh, my favorite thing was, I think, after all the Paolo stuff started shorting, I think I had him going number one at $2.20. So uh, that was pretty handy. And then again today, I chucked it on again at $1.80 before it shortened one more time before uh, Woj uh, Tweeted out that he was the likely pick, so sort of saved myself there a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the eleven to one that we had yesterday—that was really annoying that uh, Sacramento went and fucked us. So, anyway, there you go. What a draft it was! Uh, we'll have more draft wash up in the shows next week because we'll do a bit of free agency primer stuff next week. We might only do, we might not do a show on Monday. Uh, we'll see how we're going. Um, we'll, do, we'll do either Monday or Tuesday next week, and we'll go from there. Uh, with a bit of free agency primer, a bit of draft wrap, probably some trade stuff over the weekend. We'll see what happens. Uh, if some big sort of shit happens over the weekend, we might do a Monday show. If it's not too crazy, probably be back on Tuesday. But either way, keeping on the old uh, socials. And that was fun as shit, wasn't it? Love it. Always love a good draft. One of the best days going. All right, that's it for the week. That's it for today. Back next week. Talk to you then. Uh, this NBA Australia, you know, Check us out on Twitter, face IGs. Check it, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. That's over on YouTube. Get around the NBA Australia shop. That's at com slash shop. Or just click on the links on the socials. Check us, rating review on your podcast app. Go on, do it. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They rule. And uh, big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, fascinated Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Uh, Ramshackle Army are playing at the Corner Hotel this Saturday. I'll be there. Come say good day. Come see them play with Area 7. Uh, give all those bands a smash on Bandcamp, Triple J, and Earth Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia Sports Australian Band so should you. All right, we'll close out the week with a uh, classic Cooking with Bainsy for you. Absolutely love it. Good time for a classic Cooking with Bainesy because uh, I've had a few of the old uh, bloodies. Might go cook something up. I better. And have a good weekend, eh? Sound good? All right. Have a good one, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves. we will see you next week. And later, Hosanna. Blake Travis, your little beauty! day! Dyson! Woo! Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, g'day, oh g'day, oh, look at yourself, yes, g'day Cheryl, I always see you down the front, yeah, yeah, alright, oh come on, set. yeah, settle down, thanks very much, yes, welcome to Cooking with Bainsey, I'm your host, Aaron, bangers, Bains, and uh, look, on this here episode we are gonna whip up one of my all-time absolute Aussie favourites, it's gonna blow your mind, you can have it whenever, it's an absolute bloody treat. It is the classic party pie. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cook up some party pies for you on this episode of Cooking with Bainsy. Now, I love me some party pies. They're easy as, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I reckon I probably put away about 40 of these buggers per week, Hey, Easy, easy, easy. All right, so, so, so. All right, you ready? So it's bloody simple, mate. Yes, all you gotta do is go down to your local soupy and just grab a box of party pies of whatever takes your fancy. Because look, now, I like the round ones and you can get a pack of 24 of patties, but I do also like the 4 and 20 party pies which come in those rectangles. They're a bit easier to eat because you can just grab the end and you're not going to burn your tongue. So whatever you prefer, just don't fuck around with the party packs. The sausage rolls are absolutely bloody rubbish. So, now, It's bloody simple. Just uh, preheat your oven to 250 degrees or as hot as you bloody well want. Dump all 24 of your party pies. Don't screw around and only do 12 or half of them or whatever. Put all 24 out there because you're going to eat all of them. Trust me, you're going to eat all of them. When she's all heated up your oven, put your tray in there. Just, I don't know, look at the back of the package. See that it says 30 minutes. Now, go crack a tin... Sit back, hang out. Once they're done, grab them out. Load them up with a bit of tomato sauce. and bobs your bloody uncle. That is awesome, isn't it? Just look at it now. Look, 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 look. This is very important. Give them a second to cool down. You probably have to only bite like the edge of one of them to open it up just to see how hot it is. Because otherwise, you'll burn your bloody tongue because the insides of these buggers are like bloody molten lava, eh? So grab yourself another tin. Uh, wait for them to cool down just a little bit so they're not bloody molten lava, then get your bloody munch on. Oh, oh there you go. Look oh, oh, look at this one. That's an absolute bloody ripper. The best bit is these are as good as anything for any occasion. You got mates coming around, party pies. Misses with some of her mates, party pies. Kids birthday, party pies. Getting home shit-faced after a night out of the Terps, party pies. Easy. They're just bloody delicious, mate. All right, look, I'm just going to munch in this. And I'll probably cook up enough of them for all of you. So look at this. Here we go. Oh, how easy is that? Love it. All right, so get into the party pies, and that's it for this week. How easy? All right, tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.